We are recording. I have been doing um, Zoom media days for the past two days, Thursday and Wednesday, so I'm very well acquainted with making sure that we are recording <laughs> because that's very important. That's a very important uh, item you have to add to the checklist with media day when you do it over Zoom, something uh, new drivers, for everybody. All these drivers are complaining about they're sitting in a chair, these guys that are in the in the playoffs, and we're sitting in a chair for six, seven hours at, you know, doing media days. And they said they're so tired, you know, you know, suck it up, buttercup. I mean, hey, you know, right? media day, um, you know, careful what you ask for. You, you don't talk to anybody for months because there's nobody <laughs> around. And finally you get media day. So uh, anyway, most of those guys understood that they and I bet they can't wait to get back to the racetrack and race and not have to sit, sit in a chair. And who was it? Clint Boyer said, I don't want to ever hear the word Zoom again. Don't oh, ever yeah. hear the word Zoom. I'm tired. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard to get Clint to sit in a chair for five minutes, much less six hours of Zoom meetings. So, yeah, we, we lost him pretty early on, but it definitely was entertaining, to say the least, uh, getting yeah, the quote, to chat the with him. Jamie, to quote Jamie Little, she said, Clint Boyer is a national treasure. And he is, oh, yeah. he is, he is, he is spices up everything. I tell you what, he's just fun to cover. He's just a, a good guy. You never know where he's coming from. Um, but uh, uh, I, I was on, uh, did a live interview on one of the last Talladega races we did on ESPN ABC. And I'm in the back of the truck, taking a lap around the track with Clint Boyer. And, and we were, we were talking about how dangerous Talladega is and, um, and, and, you know, and, and so they throw it to me and I'm with Clinton and I said, Clint, we're talking about danger here. I said, they say to run Talladega, you know, these drivers, I mean, you're, you're literally 200 miles an hour inches apart. I said, to be able to do that, it takes a giant set of, uh, of skills. And he looks at me and he says, skills? <laughs> <laughs> he started laughing and every, I could hear everybody in the studio and upstairs laughing. Everybody's laughing. And he said, yep, yep, it does take a giant yeah. set of skills. A lot of skills. Big, of big, skills. big skills. <laughs> no, if I could That's ask, awesome. I knew it had to be Clint Boyer because I knew he, and he gave a great answer. And he said, I hope I have a, a big enough set of skills to get it done today. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, he really, I would have to agree with Jamie Little on that. He is, he is a true a national treasure um, and should yeah. be cherished. Oh man. But Hey, you know what? Uh, before we just jump on in, I guess we should um, say what's up. Welcome back. We did take a week off. Yeah, yeah. Um, feels like a day, feels like a lifetime at the same time. You know, um, when I was trying to figure out notes, I was like, wow, we've, we've got a lot that we could chat about. So um, yeah. a lot to catch up on. This is episode 17, I should mention, and uh, if we remember, the 17 is now Chris Busher driving that 17 Ford yeah. for Roush Fenway. So episode Chris Busher, gotta love that, Dad. Uh, and yeah, since we chatted last, playoffs are here. It's time playoffs. to it's time to get down to business. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now, how good how good is it that we saw some incredible racing going to the playoffs? And I know everybody was watching a lot of things, all different series, but in the Cup series. I was just watching how Jimmy Johnson drove his tail off at Dover uh, both days uh, to get to, to get impressive finishes, and uh, they left him out on the racetrack with with you know with less than less than four new tires, I should say, and uh, he he did a heck of a job. And then 
and then has to try to get to Daytona and make the playoffs. But I know I'm getting ahead of ourselves here. But what a, what a, what a, what a dramatic last week it was. And kudos to NASCAR for making it all happen. Realize, I think, realize that we have finished the regular season, Jess, on time, which is yeah, unheard amazing. of in this era of COVID-19. No other major league sport could come close to doing that, but NASCAR has pulled it off. It really is amazing. And that was one of the things that almost every driver touched on yesterday. They were like, I just can't believe we're back on schedule. You know, it's like, I mean, really everybody is just so impressed with what NASCAR has done this season. And uh, as a fan, I'm excited. And looking at the, the schedule, the next 10 weeks that we have left of the season, it is going to be awesome. And uh, I'm just really looking forward to it. I've done a couple of radio shows that people have asked me that are mostly stick and ball people. They say, you know, that are football guys or they say, well, how is it that NASCAR could do this? How is it that, that, that they can run all these races in? You got to take, 10 weeks or two months off or whatever it is. Um, and then now suddenly they're back on schedule. And I say, well, there's a lot of reasons, great leadership, blah, blah, blah. Steve Phelps, you know, Jim France, you know, Mike Helton, on and on and on. And their willingness to run Wednesday nights or Thursday nights or double headers. I said, but here's, I think the, the overall reason is this, is that when they asked the car owners and the drivers, hey, here's what we're going to try to do. Here's what we need to do to get back on schedule, to get our sport back out there. Nobody complained. Nobody at least outwardly complained. And I said, in other sports where you got people complaining about how many games they're going to play and who's going to get paid, who's going to get their bonuses, it didn't happen in NASCAR. They wanted to do what's best for the sport. We're talking about crew members, crew chiefs, car owners. I said, they realized that some of these guys weren't going to get paid from their sponsors because of what was happening with COVID, yeah. but they didn't complain. They just pulled together, pulled the rope in the same direction. And that may not happen in other major league sports, at least in all of them anyway. Oh, I, I don't see that happening in every major league sport by any means. Um, it's a week by week thing when it comes to other sports. And like you said, here we are just carrying on back on schedule. So 10 weeks left this season, it's going to be a heck of a playoffs. I'm loving the changes so far, having Daytona as the regular season finale race. Uh, that was amazing. Um, well, I want to talk all about that last weekend at Daytona and then at uh, Gateway as well. And then we'll look ahead at, at this weekend uh, at Darlington. It's going to be uh, a good throwback weekend to say the least. I'm excited to chat about some of these paint schemes. Can't wait. Can't wait. You want to talk about where you, where you want to start? You want to start with last week? What happened in Daytona? Or are you? Yeah, let's, let's look back at last week at Daytona. I quickly want to run through these ARCA and uh, trucks action from Gateway, okay. though. So Ty Gibbs grabbed his fourth win of the season in the ARCA series. Uh, he, he earned it. He led 109 of 120 laps. So uh, incredible performance for Ty carrying on this season. And then they're racing again uh, this coming weekend at Lebanon Speedway, I-44 Speedway uh, in Missouri on Saturday night, nine o'clock on MAV TV. So you can catch them back in action again this weekend. The trucks were also in action last weekend though at Gateway. Sheldon Creed grabbed his third win. Oh, that was a tough one though to watch. Um, Todd Gilliland, man, I mean, he led, led the majority of the race won both stages, thought he was going to grab that win and lock himself into the playoffs, but um, Sheldon Creed kind of moved him out of the way there at the end for his third win of the season. Dad, I know you texted me afterwards and were a little uh, disappointed in, in how that one uh, 
came down. So what are your thoughts now that you've had well, some time to sit on I it? I mean, I, I realize she, uh, she, what Sheldon Creed did is what you see a lot of times on short tracks. It's a classic short track move where you go in a corner, you dive under someone. You probably have too much momentum and not enough tires and brakes to, to keep the car from sliding, or the truck in this case. And he bounces off, you know, Gilliland. And the Gilliland heads for the wall, hits the wall. Creed goes on and wins a race. And uh, uh, it's, you know, Gilliland wasn't happy because he, you know, realized that's probably not how you do it, you know. And, and, and to Sheldon Creed's credit, he said, look, I was trying to make a dive under. I went in too hard, too fast. It didn't stick. I think he pretty much figured it wouldn't stick. He probably, I'm sure, in my opinion, wasn't trying to wreck anybody. He wasn't trying to shove sure. Gilliland in the wall. But once you got out of that groove there and up in, they'd put a lot of speedy dry down on the racetrack. Uh, and it was some slick marble areas up there and Gilliland hits the wall. Now, uh, and also you think about that, Sheldon Creed was trying to win uh, the second, the, uh, the, the uh, triple truck challenge. So he won a hundred thousand right. dollar bonus on, on top of the 50,000 he won right. one week ago. So that's $150,000 in bonus money from a triple truck challenge. So, and that, you know, that kind of money uh, doesn't get thrown around lightly in the, in the truck series. So that was huge for him. And I realized that, you know, if you're a car owner, if you're a truck owner, you're saying, drive it in there hard and fast. And if you, if you tap him a little bit, we got a hundred grand to fix the truck, you know? So, yeah. uh, but I, I'm a little, and I, re I realize that being a racer, that happens. If you go to any short track, you're going to see that on a, on a Saturday night, but this is a national touring series on national television and made for great TV. I'm sure Vince Walton yeah. and Fox enjoyed it, but uh, <laughs> poor, poor Todd Yolen wasn't happy. And after and he, he really had earned himself, um, you know, a, a, a chance to get that win there. I think that's the toughest part is that you said he really earned it. I mean, if he hadn't just absolutely dominated uh, the first two stages there, I mean, it, it, it would have been a little easier to stomach, but um, that was tough seeing him, that wing kind of taken yeah. away from him for lack of a better word. But Hey, you know, interestingly enough, uh, that contact might've been overshadowed by the Xfinity series contact that happened uh, in that race, because we saw teammates get into each other to affect the outcome there. Uh, Colic racing just had quite an ending to that race. Justin Haley ended up getting the win, his second win of the season. He got a little bit of revenge on Daytona after he had that first, first win taken away for that double line yellow line rule a couple of years ago right, if you guys right. remember that but um the only reason he got that win is because his two teammates got into each other uh in ahead of him ross chastain made contact with with aj allmendinger and um that set them back way back i mean allmendinger way back in his finishing so um that's tough. I mean, it's, I, I, I actually, you know, I had John Hunter Nemechek on, on the pace lap this week and we chatted a little bit about it. And he said it was really uh, interesting to see the colleague teammate working together, not work in their favor um, because it almost made it worse to see how well JRM teammates did work together. And so when you see, you know, two different team strategies, one just absolutely fail at the end when you could have finished one, two, three, it, uh, it almost made it that much harder to see how Colleg failed. You know, I, I don't know Matt Colleg. You know him. You've been around the team a little mm -hmm. bit. You know the guys here. What, what do you think his take was, uh, the fact that you get, okay, you won the race again. You're Justin Haley wins a race. But then you have two of your guys wreck out. I know what in the old days what Rick Hendrick would do. And it was his only rule was don't wreck each other. I don't care how hard you race each other, just don't wreck your teammate, which was sort of one of Rick Hendrick's rules. And you always got that call on Monday morning to be in Rick Hendrick's office uh, for the uh, behind chewing uh, that he would give you. 
but what, how would Matt, how does Matt Colling handle these things? What, what's your thought? Oh, that's tough because I mean, every time I've been around him, he's obviously an incredibly nice guy. Um, and he's, you know, newer in the sport. So I don't think he, I think he's still, you know, getting his, his bearings. But what I do know about him is that he is willing to do whatever it takes to get his drivers in a race car. And when you go back to the beginning of the season in Daytona um, and adding a car for AJ Allmendinger and, and putting Justin Haley in the cup race, I mean, he was doing a lot there, putting a lot of money forward there uh, to represent his team and really make a statement to start the season. And they had issues in, in qualifying and he went out of his way to go buy a race car off of another competitor to keep Chastain running so that he could be eligible for points. And obviously so that they didn't have to take a car out of the race. So, I mean, it's instances like that, that like, Holy cow. I mean, look how much money he already put forward for that weekend and then had to go out of his way to get Chastain in a car again. That's just an example of what he's willing to do for his team. Um, And so, so, you know, I think there's probably some obvious anger there maybe from, from Matt, I would have to assume. Uh, And I think it doesn't help that, Chastain, I don't feel like worded his post-race interview quite properly. He, um, I wish I, I wish I quoted it verbatim on my notes here, but he basically just kind of said, what, what, did, what did you expect me? Do I just, am I supposed to just come in second or something like that? You know, I can't just, I can't just come in second. And, and I think that's tough because um, at the end of the day, you need to have a team meeting and decide, are you supposed to come in second when it's your teammate and when you're about to finish? one, two, three. And, and that's something they need to establish as a team. But I would have to imagine Mr. Colleague is not happy now. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and, and the old saying, the old adage, I'm not sure if it was true, but among car owners was, or truck owners was that uh, either do one of two things, either win the race or wreck spectacularly. So you get great TV time. Well, he got both. He got, he got, a, he got one car to win a, a race. Point. He got, he got everything. But you know, from a racer standpoint, point. if you're a car owner uh, and you're trying and you got a guy, uh, I remember, Joey Logano, and when he and Brad Keselowski had a little run-in, they said, "You look, you know, Roger." Joey's comment was, and so was Brad's comment was, "Hey, Roger Penske hires us to win races, not run second, not run third, win races. So we're going to try to win races." And you know, on the racetrack, you know, he's not my teammate; he's a competitor. And so, if you're if you're a, an owner, uh, you got to appreciate that you got a guy in the, in your car that's going to try to win, not going to sit there and try to ride second. And if it costs you some fenders and some some repair damage, at least you got a guy you know who wants it. And so, uh, I, you know, Matt Colling's a, a racer, I would think, and he probably would appreciate that. So Chastain ended up finishing sixth, and Almondinger ended up finishing fifteenth. You're absolutely right. At the end of the day, you have to know your ownership, and you have to know what they want out of you. And and he kind of got the best of both worlds there. So uh, made for great television. I was excited watching it. Yeah, yeah. Hey, you know what? You know, you can always say, "Hey, young man, I love your desire. I love your attitude about trying to win." And uh, but I'd like for you to take that desire and attitude somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll have to see. That'll make for an interesting conversation moving forward. Yeah, it will. All right, well, let's talk about that cup race. Uh, man, wow. I said it earlier, I am a big fan of Daytona as the regular season finale. Um, I should mention, uh, this is kind of obvious news for NASCAR fans, but we didn't talk last week. So Kevin Harvick did clinch that uh, regular season championship. Um, but on, on Sunday, it was William Byron that we saw in victory lane for the very first time. Him and Chad Knauss not only pulled off the win, but grabbed one of the two playoff spots that were up for grabs heading into that race. Matt DiBenedetto grabbing the other one. So, wow, Dad. Overtime, 
Byron had to make his way around two big ones there at the end. I mean, it was yeah. it was exciting to say the least. But I was happy to see him pull it off. You know, his 98th career start, and um, you know, and and Rick Hendricks said when he hired him, said this young man when he starts winning, uh, you're going to see him in victory lane a lot more often. I think, if I'm not mistaken, it took Chase Elliott 98 starts to get his first win. So, so, uh, and 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 if you look, if you're a numbers guy, you know, here's here's William Byron driving the 24 car. Oh, uh, you beat me to it. <laughs> oh, okay, all right, go ahead, Jesse. Because I'm a numbers girl. No, no, you yeah, go for right. it. I just thought that was so cool. Go for it. Finish what you were. Yeah. Yeah, and he's 24 days younger than uh, Jeff Gordon was when he won his first race in the 24 car. So, you know, and William Byron led 24 laps. How about for that? His first so, win. So no, that's 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 pretty cool. So, uh, you know, William Byron. Um, you know, it, it. And here's the other thing about numbers in the in the season opening Daytona 500. William Byron finished last. He ran yeah. one lap. He completed one lap, was in a three-car wreck on the very first lap, finished dead last. And now you're going back to Daytona, which, again, that race, the p- placing of that race, the, the competitors may say, I hate it, don't, I don't want to see it anymore, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. I don't care. From a fan's viewpoint, <laughs> I talk to people who were not race fans, who were not NASCAR fans, and they're football fans, and they're angry that we don't have football yet, and we're going we're gonna to get there. But they said they were sitting on the edge of their sofa screaming at the TV watching the NASCAR race because that's how exciting it was. The announcers, I thought, were going to hyperventilate. I love the fact that everybody was, was all over it, up on the chip. Jeff Burton and, you know, and, and Steve Letarte, you know, and, you know, and, and Dale Earnhardt Jr. I mean, everybody was just so, so excited. There was so much energy because there was go- things going on every lap. Jimmy Johnson drove as aggressively and hard as I've seen Jimmy Johnson. And at the end of the first first uh, segment, he pulled out a line and drove. He was, he was like 12th pulled out a line and drove all the way up and finished fifth as they crossed the finish line, like three and four wide there to, to gain some, some points. Same thing in the next segment. He got really aggressive and was driving. And I thought, here, here he is. He's going he's gonna to race his way into the uh, playoffs. And then in that, those, two, those two big ones, there's a 10-car 10, mm-hmm. 10 one and an 11-car one. He ends up getting – trying to, you know, he was right behind William Byron. Byron gets through. Jimmy's trying to go through and the 42 car comes up from being hit on the bottom of the racetrack and hits him in the side and shows him in the wall. So, and even then Jimmy came down pit road and the guys did a heck of a job piecing it, tear, tearing off parts and pieces. Yeah. And gets back out and finishes like 17th or something. So they had the saw out. They were literally like just sawing yeah. the front bumper yeah. off. I mean, it was crazy, but I mean, and then, and then the thing that the thing that I hope everybody will remember, which if you look at Twitter or, or, or Facebook, well, you'll see the fact people did appreciate when Jimmy climbed out of the car. First of all, he had his mask on, so you couldn't see him, but you could hear in his voice how disappointed he was. Uh, but the first thing he did was congratulate his young teammate, William Byron, on that first victory. How classy is that? Here he is, just a gut-wrenching, yeah, I didn't, my final shot, I don't make the playoffs, I've done all I can do, nothing more I can do, and I agree. And he's so much class when he congratulates, you know, William Byron. If you're a young person and you play sports, uh, I don't care what you play. You play badminton, you play volleyball, whatever, football. You know, there's a prime example of how to be a great sportsman. You know, you know, you may have disappointment, but handle it with class, handle it with dignity. You know, you know, win with grace and lose with dignity. Uh, and and that's Jimmy Johnson. Yeah, I mean. That was tough. It's like you said, I don't think he could have driven 
any harder. He did absolutely everything he could possibly do in that race, and it just didn't work out for him. And I, I think he he did say something in his interview about you know there's still ten races left. I'm not I'm not done. Right. Um, so, Dad, do you think he's he could still do it? Part of me says you don't have playoffs to focus on or worry about. Right. Use this as as momentum, as you know that chip on your shoulder. Go out there and and get one final win in your final season. I mean, how awesome would that well, be? Do you I, think, I think that's I, possible? I, I think I think it is, and I think I love what his young teammates said in the media days uh, earlier this week. Uh, you know, I think that they said, look, you know, Jimmy Johnson may not be may not be in the playoffs, but he is as big a part of what we're going to do to try to win a championship because if Jimmy goes out there and wins a race, that keeps somebody else that may be in the playoffs from winning a race. He oh, said, yeah. so that helps us all. So we know Jimmy, you know, Jimmy's going to go out there, you know, uh, you know, he's going to go out and win it for, for the 48 team for, you know, for, for ally, but you know, um, you know, he, Hey, Hey, you know, he's all going to be helping his teammates, uh, by, by keeping somebody else in it from, from winning a race and, and maybe automatically transferring. So, yeah, I, I, I firmly believe Jimmy can win one in these final 10. Zach, going back to when you were talking about fans of any sport, just watching that race and finding it exciting. I had, uh, all of my in-laws in the living room um, yelling at the TV. They are not NASCAR fans. I mean, this might have been the only time they watch NASCAR is when I make them. And it was so funny. I mean, they were so into it. And even when it was <laughs> over, um, one of them said, I just cannot believe that we're sitting here watching a NASCAR race right now. <laughs> like, they were so surprised that not only were they watching the race, but they were enjoying it. And I was like, guys, see? It's Daytona. This is good stuff. So, yeah, yeah it was fun. Good for you, Jess. Good for you. Yeah. <laughs> it was a good time. But, hey, uh, as big of a fan as I am of Daytona as the season finale race, I'm already loving kicking off the playoffs with Darlington uh, and throwback weekend to, I mean, just add to the excitement of the weekend. I'm so sad that it's – covid times and we just can't go you know do it like we always do it but um you know it's okay the playoff field is set guys are are you know running some awesome throwback schemes it's still gonna be a great weekend either way but i know uh i'm missing being there and wearing wearing the fun outfits and seeing everybody and just (laughs) having a good time last year at darlington i did a fun uh little piece with Landon Castle. We were backstage before Xfinity Series driver intros, and we basically rolled out a makeshift red carpet behind the stage. And then as drivers came in, we just snatched them and threw them onto our red carpet and we acted like we were correspondents on the red carpet and we asked oh, them like great. what yes. they were wearing and like yeah it was yeah. really fun and this is um, a fire suit by made made by so and so and this patch here was sewn on by my aunt eloise and uh, <laughs> you would be surprised someone was like this is the authentic fire suit from the 92 we were like dang landon was like my is like an old hand-me-down from two years ago that doesn't fit yeah. so yeah. yeah it was it was quite a range of uh, of throwback gear but it was it was really fun so i know I'm, I'm just missing all that stuff but still gonna be a great weekend nonetheless and we're getting closer and closer to uh getting fans back in the stands full time so yeah that's great I, and i'm excited darlington i mean a few years ago you know I, you know that that track doesn't get you know in my opinion doesn't get the respect it deserves but 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 going back and finishing the regular season at daytona you know and then going to nascar's original super speedway darlington which was uh 
ran its first race back in 1950. You know, going there now in the Southern 500, the Southern 500 is, is an historic event. Uh, you think about that. And, it, and, and there were a few years there that NASCAR, uh, the, the powers to be decided we're going to move that Southern 500 date out to California and we're going to run a race in California. Well, you know, that didn't go well. A lot of us didn't think yeah. it would go well, but you know, the Southern 500 is back. The good news is it's back. And it's uh, and it's 500 miles. This is not one of yeah. those races that we. It is a you you better pack your lunch. It's a long day there. The original Southern 500 in 1950, if I'm not mistaken, ran like six hours and 35 minutes. There were 75 cars in it, and um, and I don't know if it's an omen or not, but I went back and looked. Johnny Mance won the original Southern 500 in 1950, driving a six-cylinder Plymouth Coupe, and there were. V8s in there. There were V8s from there were Cadillacs and Oldsmobiles and others that were much faster, but he wanted on fuel mileage. He just sit there putting around. You know, he was competitive, uh, but he had smart <laughs> fuel yeah. mileage and tires, and he wins a race. So you think about that. Uh, you know, and and I think about the Southern 500. Get, getting to do that race over the years. Uh, you know, all the great with Ned Jarrett in 1965 won the Southern 500 by 14 laps. 14 laps wow. at a track like that. Uh, he beat another Hall of Famer, Buck Baker, um, and tires were an issue, but Ned still had a great, great car and, and ran so well. Um, I think um, in uh, it was in 1990, uh, 1980 that Terry Labonte got his first ever Cup Series uh, win by passing David Pearson. There were three laps to go. Nobody beat Pearson. Pearson's a 10-time winner at Darlington. Wow. He beat Pearson at Darlington. Are you kidding me? He passed him, and the only laps he led were the last three. And he and he gets his first. In fact, Terry Labonte got his first and last ever Cup Series victories at Darlington Raceway. And, oh wow, uh, that's neat. I didn't know that. And and this 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 race here is the 25th anniversary of Jeff Gordon's first win at Darlington. His first of six Southern 500 victories. Jeff's won won seven at Darlington races, but. There were six Southern 500 wins, and Jeff Jeff won his first one 25 years ago. So, uh, yeah, going back to Darlington is so cool. Going back and being a part of the Southern 500 and the fact that it's throwback weekend, you see all these schemes, uh, these old paint schemes, uh, especially the one Jimmy Johnson's running that, that honors mm-hmm. the seven-time cup champions in, in Richard Petty and Dale Earnhardt. Oh, yeah. that I mean, that is one of – the coolest paint schemes I've ever seen just because he's the only person that can do that. You know, I mean, being able to combine this seven time championship paint scheme into one. I mean, it's, it's awesome. And we talked two weeks ago about how the other Hendrick cars are, are honoring Jimmy with uh, yeah. their paint schemes. And um, yeah, I I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I think, Oh, one that stood out to me, I was going to mention, I uh, know Denny Hamlin who obviously found success at Darlington last time we were there earlier this season, uh, first race back after the uh, break for the pandemic. Um, so one could guess he, could potentially find some more success this weekend, starting there on the front row by uh, Chase Elliott. But he's running a cool scheme, throwing it back to 1973, honoring Kelly Arborough's uh, win oh, at Darlington. Wow. And it's the same year that uh, FedEx began. So uh, right. it's a really, really neat old like FedEx. I don't know. It looks really cool. You'd have to just yeah. go look it up. I, mean, I would try to describe it, but I wouldn't do it justice. Dar- Darlington has played such a role. You know, Kelly Arborough, who's from Timminsville, right down the street from where the racetrack is, right outside of Florence. He used to crawl under the under the fence to come watch the races when he was a kid, and then he became <laughs> a awesome. legend, legend driving there. Um, Denny Hamlin, 
when when JD Gibbs went to his dad, went to Joe Gibbs and said, I, I, I met this late model driver who really deserves a shot. If I'm not mistaken, uh, one of the first races they put him in uh, back then, it was a Bush series car, Xfinity car now, was at uh, Darlington and Hamlin just impressed everybody. And I think it was that racetrack and that, that place that gave Hamlin a shot to continue his career. So how, how cool is that? This racetrack has meant so much to so many. Um, you know, it's, uh, I, 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 we opened, we, one year we went on the air on ESPN and uh, they said, they asked me, they said, when we come on the air, doc, talk about the historic, this historic racetrack. Everyone talks about it's egg shaped. It's so difficult. And, you know, and all the people that have come and raced there and won over the years. And so I'm, I'm in turn two and I, and I'm walking along the camera and they came on the air. I said, everyone, Welcome, welcome to Historic Darlington Raceway, the Lady in Black, you know, the track too tough to tame, and many other nicknames that drivers call it that we can't use on national television. <laughs> but, but everyone wants to come here and make their mark. Everyone believes if you can come here at Darlington and make your mark, then you've done something with your career. And I walked over the wall and said, here's a mark, here's a mark, there's a mark. You know, I said, that was Earnhardt, <laughs> this was Rusty Wallace. And so I'm explaining that everybody, I don't care how good you are, you're going to hit the wall there. You're going to make your mark literally because you drive up against the wall. And that's why the racing is so exciting there. And I can't wait to see some people make their mark this weekend with, with all, all three major touring series there racing, at, which I think is going to be exciting. Well, and yeah. And with, like you said, with the trucks back at Darlington for the first time yeah. since 2011, um, I thought that that's going to be pretty cool. They're getting an opportunity to kind of take part in this whole uh, big weekend for NASCAR, big throwback weekend. Dad, do you want to take a stab at who won the last time the trucks raced at Darlington back in 2011? Uh, 2011 uh, trucks, 2011, uh, Greg Biffle. Kyle Bush, Kurt Bush. That's a good guess. <laughs> All right, you get like one guess. Chill. <laughs> All right. Who <laughs> was uh, Casey Kane? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I, that was my next guest. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it was. We got in there eventually. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I thought that was interesting. So yeah. um, we'll have to see who wins it this weekend. But And Greg you know, Biffle's I, back in the trucks. How about Biffle's back? Exactly. The Biff is back. So that's going to be kind of cool. There's a couple uh, names back in trucks uh, in the next coming weeks that were surprising, but exciting to say the least. Yeah. David Reagan, you know, great to have yeah. David, one of the nicest people you'd ever want to meet. You've, you've had oh, David yeah. on your show. What a great mm -hmm. guy. Love, love that young man and his family. Ken Reagan, his dad was one of my favorite people when he was racing back in the cup series years ago. Um, but, uh, and Trevor Bain. What a That's great right. story there. Trevor Bain has never driven a truck. He's never turned a lap in a truck. And uh, he's been out of racing almost two years. And he's going to drive, um, you know, uh, in, in the in the 40 truck. Uh, and I think that's uh, – and the, the, the cool thing part of that is that Cody Efall, who is the team manager over there at that 40 team, uh, I think was Trevor's car chief or might have been crew chief when his, he was last in the cup car at Roush. And uh, so oh, – that's cool. Uh, and that's cool that Trevor's going to get back and run – uh, the truck series, and, you know, Trevor runs, you know, he's, he's been focused on focusing on being a dad and being a husband and in being a, and being a restaurant owner. He owns a, yeah. uh, a, a, a coffee shop. He's there at like five 30 in the morning, every morning to make sure he's <laughs> making all the coffee stuff and getting all the, 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 uh, the muffins ready. I've been there and I've sampled the coffee and the muffins. And oh, sampled. Yes. Yeah. I sampled. Yes. But anyway, <laughs> great, great by the way. But, um, but I think last time I was there, which was a few months ago, I asked Trevor, are you getting the itch? 
and he he smiled and I could tell he really misses it. And so I'm glad he's getting a chance to get back. Even though he's not ever been in a truck, you know, he's going to turn his first laps when the green flag waves. And Hey, why not? Why not riding, now? Riding the back of the field a little bit and try to get comfortable and then start making moves. And so, but, uh, and as competitive as that truck series, that's going to be interesting. Oh yeah. No, I mean, the truck series is, you cannot underestimate the talent that's in the truck series this year, really. Uh, it's going to be fun, too, to see some of those guys. David Reagan and Greg Biffle put their uh, talents to the test this weekend. And at Darlington, of all places. That's that's the good news, is if you're ever going to uh, get in a truck and take your first few laps, at least these guys are still getting the hang of the racetrack, too. So, you know, you're going to be did okay, you see, Trevor. Did you see driver intros where the drivers are all in the backstage and a couple of these young guys walk up to walk up to – uh, Greg Biffle or Trevor Bain said, can I get an autograph here? And, and, and Biffle looks, aren't you the points leader? <laughs> yeah. Right. I've I've right. watched you when I was five years old. You know, so I mean, these, some of these kids, we got a 17-year-old a mayor, you know, some of these, some of these yeah. kids are so young in the truck series that they probably were, you know, were, were, were you know, weren't even born and, and Biffle and these guys were winning, David Wright were winning races. And of course, it was, what, 2011 when Trevor, nine years ago, when Trevor won the Daytona 500. So, yeah, they, yeah, so 11 years, some of these kids are 20, so they were, what, nine years old? You yeah. Know, oh, yeah. It, it honestly pains me every time I, I do research for an, an interview or for a show guest, and it says, you know, birth date 2002 or whatever it's just like oh it just hits me right in the in the heart i don't know dad I, that's tough <laughs> Can't help you. hey you know other random uh thing going into this weekend is it's so minor but it's so weird did you know that cookout's the sponsor now of the southern 500 and no longer bojangles so it's just one of those kind of like oh that's that's different yeah well I mean, I like both. I like, I love, I love breakfast biscuits and I love a big burger, uh, <laughs> hey, you know, ra racing, you know, racing and, and cheeseburgers. How, how much better can that get? Hey, I'm a big fan of cookout. So I'm definitely not complaining. I just know NASCAR <laughs> fans are not typically, uh, big on change. So, Hey, cookout has great, uh, corn dogs. And I know that that is something that Bojangles does not have. So you know, you are you a some, you corn dog girl. You're a big corn I dog. I am. Girl. I'm not afraid to admit that. I enjoy a good corn dog here and there. Um, Dad, I want to hear your opinion. <laughs> I want to get your opinion on one other paint scheme because uh, okay. I don't. I don't mean to call them out, but I just. I just. I don't know. So, did you see Christopher Bell's paint scheme? Uh, throwback scheme. He's throwing it back to himself uh, two years ago or three years ago to his truck series uh, championship. Which, I did not see that. No. I yeah. So it's it's interesting. I mean, it's cool. He's honoring a he's a champion. He's a truck series champion, yeah, which is yeah. it cannot be you know understated how how big of an accomplishment that is in in a career. But uh, for a rookie in the Cup Series, I just I the reason I bring this up is I've heard other people giving a, a little bit of kickback there, saying, "Really, you know, it's your rookie season. Yeah. That's what yeah. you went with. Uh, what do you think yeah. about that? Do you think that's kind of just an odd choice for a rookie? Well, it it may not have been his choice, but yeah, I I think sure. that you, yeah. you've had some success. And you, it's always good that people remember how, how that you've had some, that you are a champion as young as you are, but you know, and I can see where people would say, okay, your scheme is to remind people that you were, you won a title, you know, mm -hmm. don't forget about me because me was pretty good back a couple of years ago. I, I, I would think they'd be better served to take that, uh, take that car and maybe 
throw it back to you know one one you know one of the one of the legendary legendary you know drivers there at at Darlington back in the in the day. So um, you know I think that. Um, you know, like Denny Hamlin a years, year, I think years ago, they, they did Ned Jarrett in the, the 11 car. Yeah. And now they're doing Kelly Arbor in the 11 car. I think the numbers, uh, that'd be pretty cool. So uh, anyway, you know, I, I get it. And, and, you know, some of the throwback schemes are, I think the, uh, the Kyle, the Kyle Bush one is going back to Elliot Sadler's first, uh, when he had the, the, the M&Ms. Uh, and, and how cool was that for Elliot? I mean, one of the, Elliot also is one of the greatest guys ever, ever to put a helmet on. He's so, so outgoing, easy going. Um, you know, um, but you know, it's like, uh, I, w- I heard one time and I'm not saying this is not coming from me. heard someone say <laughs> that Elliot Sadler is like Clint Boyer with a brain. Uh, but, uh, I wasn't expecting that. I personally think Clint is a very smart guy and is, but, but I, what people are alluding to is Elliot Sadler is so much fun. He yeah. Is so much oh fun. yeah. But he yeah. also knows when to maybe cut it off. And I think Clint sometimes <laughs> goes a little beyond that. So that was the joke. Clint's and I'm just not all mention, fun. I'm not going to mention the driver who's one of Clint's teammates, by the way, who actually said that years ago. I think Elliot said that. That's funny. Brain. But, you know, the Elliot, Elliot, they use that old paint scheme. I think Elliot was thrilled to see the M&M's paint scheme coming out for Darlington. Well, I'm so glad that you brought that up because I was in talking about uh, bringing up Christopher Bell. I was going back to – look up some of the other rookie paint schemes and as I mentioned earlier I had John Hunter Nemechek on the show this week and he's also throwing it back to Elliot Sadler uh for his paint scheme so yeah he's throwing it back to um Elliot Sadler's rookie year with the Wood Brothers which I thought was kind of cool so when we were talking about you know rookies and and the decision to do that and uh, I didn't mean to just throw Christopher Bell under under the bus there because like you said it probably wasn't his choice but um I just thought that was kind of an interesting comparison there when you see some rookies are you know maybe honoring themselves and then others are, are honoring uh Elliot Sadler and I thought that was cool so now there's two Sadler throwback schemes in the field this weekend so yeah, definitely and, feeling and, the love most most of these kids are and, and here's the best part is is that is that you know you get you get to remember and reminisce on all these great paint jobs and the drivers that were a part of this mm-hmm. uh, back in the day and then and then um you know I, I just wish it wasn't a COVID situation where we could pack the grandstands because you know after what's happened at Daytona and how we're starting the playoffs I'm hoping that we can get to a point before the playoffs are over that we can put people back in the grandstands, put a lot mm-hmm. of people back in the grandstands, those final few races. I mean, I tell you what, I would love to see tons of people at Martinsville. Uh, oh, yeah. The final, final three races of the year, you know, go up there. I mean, I'd go up there. I don't think I've, I've bought a race ticket in a long time because I've been there calling them or, do, you know, being a part of them. I'd go up there and get a basket, a, a bag of hot dogs, and sit there and oh. watch a race in a heartbeat. I'll come with you. I'll be there. (laughs) We'll do that. Let's do it. Let's do it. I would love to do that. But no, I agree with you. I I mean, it's exciting times. We're in the playoffs. We're back on schedule. But uh, there's still hope for getting back to, um, you know, the normal sea of having fans in the stands and and even just having the personnel back at the racetracks. I know that adds kind of a a whole element of race weekend, even to the drivers and getting to do interviews and getting to to interact with each other. That um, it'll be nice to get that back. But yeah, man, looking at this round one of the playoffs, Darlington, Richmond, and Bristol, it is going to be interesting. Um, I know a lot of guys were, you know, media day. They're all like, I I just focus on the week ahead. 
you know, I don't want to look much beyond what's in front of me. Understandable, you know, that's, that's for, I get that. But um, a couple of guys mentioned Richmond and then obviously Kyle Busch was like, I feel confident about Bristol. So if we get, yeah, you know, yeah. if we're, if we're, if we're needing to win, but I don't know, it's going to be interesting first round. Um, it's going to be interesting playoffs. Well, and you also get to know who your friends are, but more importantly, who your enemies are because uh, Darlington, uh, as the old saying is race the racetrack. Don't race the competition, race your racetrack, survive, don't bounce it off somebody else or the wall and be smart and, and get a get a finish. When you go to Richmond where where contact is gonna happen, you're gonna be out there you're trying to dive into that uh, into turn one and try to get off two. Uh, and then you gotta go to Bristol. And if you have somebody that doesn't like you or owes you one, that's where it happens. And if you happen to be in the playoffs, uh, that could really have a, a big impact. That's the cutoff race. Um, so and it could cut you right off of the playoffs. Um, so really important is dry, veteran drivers will say when you're in the playoffs, don't make any enemies, don't make anybody mad. I think there's a few IOUs out there still too, somewhere in the field. So, uh, some of those I from can, Bristol as well. So you, but we'll wait. Yeah. <laughs> we'll let, we'll let them, uh, list them for yeah. us on the racetrack in a few weeks. Yeah. Um, I mentioned it earlier that Hamlin is starting on the front line at second, but I should mention that Chase Elliott is on the pole. This weekend, um, so that's gonna be interesting. But as we saw uh, at Darlington a few months ago, it didn't matter because both Hamlin and Harvick worked their way up through the field, and we've got 500 miles uh, to make our way around that place. So uh, it's gonna be hopefully not another late one. Those t- those races tend to go like to two in the morning <laughs> sometimes. Um, it's gonna be a long weekend, but I'm I'm excited for it. So. Yeah, I'm thrilled to it. You know, in that Elliott name, they have a pretty good history of, of, of winning when it's important time to win at Darlington. If you go back to 1985 when uh, when Awesome Bill became Million Dollar Bill. I think that's uh, – yeah, I, I think that's going to be interesting. And one, one other thing I want to mention about Darlington is I did a race at Darlington. Uh, it wasn't the Southern 500. It was actually the March race, the spring race, um, and it was a 400-mile race where one of the most unusual finishes where – uh, uh, it was started to rain, a, a cloud burst, literally a cloud burst in turns three and four uh, with a few laps to go. And Jeff Burton is leading, and he comes off turn four, and there's four or five cars wrecking that are bouncing off the wall. And uh, and he tries to get his car woed down. He ends up running into the back of Jerry Nadeau and bounces his car off the outside wall pushes the right front end. I think the tire is sort of dragging the ground, sparks everywhere. And because it's pouring rain, they, they caution it and they red flag it. And so he, he scrapes around the racetrack and he's sitting there with the whole front of the car smashed in, the right front tire smashed in as the leader. And rains oh continue to come, rains continue to come. And, and they decided they just going to call the race. So they couldn't, they could hardly get his car. We did the, we did victory lane under the garage uh, at Darlington and Jeff goes down there. If they'd have restarted the race, he would have, he would have, wouldn't have made a half a lap, but he's a winner. So he's got a torn up car. Uh, now I've seen it happen at Bristol, but for Darlington, I mean, Jeff Burton, uh, you know, but nothing he could do. He was pouring rain and he cars were wrecking and he tries to dodge one hits one and bounces off the wall, but was, was declared the winner, uh, because of the pouring rain. And then, the and then I remember all of us, a bunch of crew guys, we all tried to go in the bathrooms there, which had about a foot and a half of water standing in them in the garage <laughs> area. That's where we had changed clothes. My, our clothes were, were floating on the benches there in the bathroom. Um, so that's what we got to wear home. But anyway, but I remember the, I remember Jeff Burton's victory lane um, under the garage with a car that looked like it shouldn't have, it should have been on a wreck or somewhere on a rollback. 
Yeah, I, as someone that gets got stuck under the garage at a rain in a rainstorm at Darlington last year, I'm familiar with with yeah. standing in the the open garage there. And uh, yeah, it's it's fun, but that's an awesome story. It makes me think about. I don't have a lot of experience in uh, Victory Lane with torn up race cars, but um, watching them try to get Eric Jones's car at Daytona this year after the the clash into the, the Gatorade Victory Lane was quite entertaining. I mean, that thing was like barely in one piece so that's that's a fun memory yeah and, and eric jones by the way talking about throwback schemes he's he's running the old tony stewart home depot looking throwback scheme and uh and he tweeted it when he was a little boy he built a, a model he that's a model he built that that tony stewart number 20 home depot car and he had a picture of this as a model that i built when i was a kid and then this weekend i get to drive that paint scheme how cool is that that is so cool. I, I love stories like that. And I love hearing the reasons why they chose, you know, their particular scheme. Like, you know, it had meaning to them. Like, I know Eric Almarola mentioned this week at Media Day that he, the Fireball Roberts scheme, you know, he said, oh, it's a Florida yeah. boy. I got to stick to my Florida boys. And obviously somebody that, that truly paved the way and, and made a statement. And I thought that was like, I just love the reasons that they can resonate with them uh, and get excited about, about throwing it back to, to the legends. Yeah, Fireball Roberts was my favorite driver growing up, and uh, I love the fact that he was always look. He always looked so clean cut. He didn't didn't get pictures taken with grease all over his face or whatever. He always wiped his face, and, and if he wore a t shirt, it was it was it was clean. It was pressed. And Ned Jarrett always told me that Fireball really changed the perception of people for race car drivers because when he would leave the racetrack, he put on a clean pair of pants, maybe jeans, put on a pink pair of pants, or wore slacks, or wear a, a collared shirt. And because he wanted to change the image. And so Ned and Fireball and a few others really went about changing the image of the sport. And so growing up, I was a Fireball Roberts, Ned Jarrett, and Richard Petty fan in that era back in the day. And uh, so, yeah, it's, it's, uh, and I, I just thought it was great the, the comments about that Eric Almarola, uh, who just re signed for another year, by the way. Congratulations, That's right. Eric. Uh, uh, that he's a big fireball fan because of fireball was a Florida boy and fireball's nickname came because he was a great baseball pitcher and he threw fireballs. He threw fastballs. Uh, and, and he, uh, he's actually buried, uh, in a cemetery. I think it's Bellevue cemetery, which is about a mile from turn three at Daytona, right past the end of the airport there. When I used to live down there, I went by because of cause of the fact that I was just a huge fan, uh, went by his grave marker there uh and uh to, to pay my respects but yeah what a what a great race car driver and by the way fireball finished second in the very first southern 500 in 1950 to johnny mance so uh yeah, a little history there for darlington as well with fireball roberts hey well maybe that's a good omen for mr almarola this weekend be. he's could been be. he's been having some nice momentum heading into these uh playoff races so yeah he's, my, be cool, sleeper. Though. he's my sleeper in the playoffs by the way eric almarola I don't think that's a bad pick for a sleeper in the playoffs by any means. I think that's a good one to keep an eye on for sure. Um, but yeah, dad, I, I know, I noticed, uh, as far as time goes, we could probably wrap it up, but next week we're going to have to cover silly season updates because as you mentioned, Almirola yep. is not the only driver that has uh, extended their contract. Um, or we've also seen some drivers openly, uh, put themselves out into the free agency world. So yep, we'll touch yep. on that a little bit next week and kind of sure. figure out where we land in the silly season conversation. And then also 
college football it's oh, coming yeah. back it doesn't feel like it for some reason yeah. i don't know i was watching acc network today and i was just like well i don't know why it just doesn't feel like it's yeah. here but uh next week we'll have to get all into it and make it feel yeah. like it's football season yeah, I, I we there's lots of things we could talk about with college football i'm excited about that and by the way but we know we're going to talk silly season next week but rick hendrick did confirm confirm yesterday that he will run four cars next year. He will indeed run four cars. There was some consideration he may drop down to three, but he will run a fourth car, and they're going to make an announcement in a few weeks as to who will be in that fourth car. I think I have an idea. I'm not going to tell you now. I'll make you wait a week as to who okay. I think will be in the car and what will happen uh, with Jimmy Johnson. So, uh, And who gets in the fourth car and who does. You know, I could tell you all that now, but it ruined it. So, also Yeah, don't, don't, don't. Cliffhanger. You know, and I, and, I, and I also have, have, have some thoughts on some huge upsets in week one of college football, but we'll talk about that later. Oh, I can't wait. Okay, I'm already getting excited. It's, it's feeling like college football again. That was easy. That was easy. <laughs> well, Dad, next week, like I said, we'll uh, catch up again. And I just want to say, too, uh, we took last week off. So, everybody, thank you for giving us a week off. Um, we, we needed it. It's family's always first. This is a family podcast. And as much as we love being able to sit yeah. down and talk racing, we just we needed a week to uh, focus on that. So, thank you guys for um, being lenient with us. But we are back and ready to kick it these next 10 weeks of the playoffs. So, with that the weekend schedule tons to watch i already mentioned that arca series race on saturday night on mav tv check that out also shameless self-plug friday night on mav tv my show the pace lap is back so that's a nascar show if you're interested in watching that sorry i'm really excited it's been six long months of not being able to do it so um and your guest is and my guest is John Hunter Nemechek. And then yep. next week, my guest is in studio, Tyler Ankrum. So really oh, wow. looking forward right. to catching up with him. Yeah. So it's been GMS Chucks. Yeah. They've been running well. So it'll be a good, it'll be yeah. a good week. But maybe, maybe the only scratch, scratch golfer in the, in the truck series. His dad was, it was, I think Tyler Ankrum's dad was on the pro, was on the tour for a while as a golfer. Do you know that? I don't know. I, was, I didn't That's know what that. I heard. Could you ask him, ask him for me. I heard, I thought I heard something years ago that Tyler Ankrum's dad, was uh, had a chance to go on the golf tour, professional golf tour, and to this day is still a scratch golfer. I think Tyler was like a one or two handicap tough, and uh, oh, he now yeah. may have ballooned to a four or five. But anyway, ask him about that. I, th- I heard that I'm was. I'm going to ask him about that. That's really interesting. You know, we we work with Tyler a lot actually, and we've had the opportunity to work with him since he was back in the the K and N series. And um, we went um, next week. You'll have to tune into the show because my producer Morgan put together this incredible piece. We went with Tyler to his home for the day because he lives on a farm. When Tyler's not racing, he's a ranch hand. I mean, he literally is out there feeding the cows and he calls himself a cow mom. I mean, he's all in it. And <laughs> we, we spent all day with him on the farm and, and followed him around. And Morgan put that that piece together for next week. So I'm oh, really excited about next, week, next week's show as well. But um, that is Friday night on MAV TV. If you want to check it out, it's called NASCAR's The Pace Lap. So anyways, back to racing schedule. Xfinity series is an action on Saturday uh, at Darlington, 12.30 p.m. on NBC, big NBC. Right. Uh, and then the, yeah, I know, right? It's going to be a good one. The uh, and then the trucks are in action on Sunday at 2 p.m. on FS1. And then also on Sunday, the Cup Series, Sunday evening, 6 p.m. That's on NBCSN. And you can also watch that on the NBC Sports app. I feel like I should mention that because if everybody doesn't yeah, have SN, yeah. you can catch it on the app. So. Yeah. That's the Darlington schedule for the weekend. Catch those awesome paint schemes. See who uh, locks themselves into round two of the Cup Series playoffs, and see who's looking at uh, needing a win these next. And few if weeks. you're, I know, I know if you're driving through Darlington now, or weeks from now, or months from now, 
the Raceway Grill, right beside the Speedway, right beyond um, turn, uh, what is turn two now. Um, uh, best hamburger, cheeseburger, steak with onions uh, you'd ever want to ask for. I've been in there years, many, many years ago, starting out with, the, with visiting with David Pearson and Ned Jarrett and others. Um, great meal. Uh, probably take your double, double cholesterol medicine before you go in there. <laughs> But you will not regret it. So uh, Raceway Grill, right beside the racetrack. You know what we should do? I should start mentioning some of the better places to eat that I've eaten over the years when we do these shows. Maybe I'll do that. Ben, Benny um, always had, always had, Benny and I always had our favorite places to go. Maybe we should tell some of the folks, this is a little hole in the wall that you go to, go to and this is what you should order there. Anyway, Raceway Grill, hamburger steak. Uh, you can get it with gravy, without gravy, cheeseburger steak, onions but, I mean, with, with, with sauteed fried onions. Unbelie unbelievable um oh my gosh and, uh, you're it's killing small me. if you wait in line it's worth it to get in there um first of all you're killing me that sounds amazing all i've had today is a protein shake so thanks i would love that <laughs> um second of all that's the best idea that you've had today um i love it we're gonna we're gonna do that we're gonna start picking out um awesome hole in the wall places because i know i've gone to a couple of your recommendations in yeah, my yeah. travels so far and uh none have disappointed at all so we we should we should start especially now the fans can start you know slowly but surely getting back to the racetrack or if you can't get to the track at least get to the hole in the wall three miles outside the racetrack you know yeah yeah and remind me when we get back to daytona and in uh, i've got a place that i want to take you to there that if you just walk in and uh, again, greasy food, great food, but you want to sit at the bar because you'll sit at the bar and look up, you will see every major uh, NASCAR icon that's ever driven at this racetrack. And many of those are in the hall of fame. There are pictures are up. A lot of them are autographed pictures up behind the bar as you sit there and, and have your cheeseburger. Oh, that's awesome. I'm also seeing a theme in, in cheeseburgers as uh, yeah, yeah. as the go-to restaurant of choice on race weekend, which is understandable. I don't blame you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dad, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to next week. I'm looking forward to talking more playoffs, talking some college football, talking some, okay. some cheeseburgers. It's going to be a good one. <laughs> so um, with that, uh, that is episode 17, episode Chris Busher of Rolling with the Punches. Yeah. Dad? Always a pleasure. I'll talk Same to you next week. Love talking to you. Love you, sweetie. All right. I love you too. I forgot to say that you guys should follow us on Instagram and everything, but they already know to do that. So I, I always forget, but I just assume yeah. they know, right? If you yeah. like us, get show us some love. Right? Give us, show us some love or whatever yeah, you do. Yeah, five stars or whatever you do, likes and, exactly. you know, exactly. they know the drill. It's fine.